Bibles, if you wouldn't, open to the book of Proverbs. We are covering uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, and uh, we went through the first ten chapters verse by verse, and now uh, we are doing more of a topical approach so that uh, we can uh, keep things. Proverbs chapter 13, and uh, the... Subject of tonight is the poor. The Proverbs has an awful lot to say about being poor, what being poor is, and uh, what will make you poor. And uh, I believe we've got about 32, 33 verses to try to cover tonight. So uh, uh, that is just from uh, chapter 11 to the end of the book of Proverbs. And And so we're going to have to move very quickly here in order to cover that. But uh, try to divide these up in some different categories. And the first is um, the reason you are poor is because you lack some things. That's why we call someone poor. Normally, we're talking about financial ability, ability to, to provide for themselves, but the first proverb that deals with pores in chapter 13 and verse 8, it says the ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. Now, we've also covered several other verses. A person that cannot hear rebuke, that refuseth instruction is an unwise person, are they not? Is a foolish person, one that cannot hear rebuke. And so this first category, one of the reasons people are poor is not necessarily because they don't have resources, it's because they sometimes lack common sense. The ability to be instructed. The next verse, let me read it to you, is very similar to this. Uh, Proverbs 21, verse 17 says, He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. How many people do you know who want to have the fancy car and, and, and want to enjoy the party life and spend all of their money in clubs and clothes and so that they think they're having a good time, but when it comes down to real life, If they had the money they wasted trying to have a good time, they wouldn't be poor. Um, I don't know about you, but to me, that, that just somebody who lacks common sense. We go back to our first verse. It says, the ransom of a man's life is his riches. What is your life worth? What would you give in exchange for your life? And it's your wealth. I would hope that your wealth is in the Word of God. Amen? That you have the kind of wealth that Jesus talked about where rust doth not corrupt, where the moths cannot uh, destroy them, where thieves cannot break through and steal. There's more than one kind of poor as we go through here, but... One of the reasons, and you take this and apply it to whether it's physical wealth or uh, someone who is uh, 
just poor of thinking capabilities here, uh, they're missing something. They're missing the ability to hear and receive understanding. They are desirous of pleasure. They love pleasure. They love the finer things of life. And you can have them in the United States. If you want them, you can have them. But there's always a price to be paid. And you'll find out your resources won't go near as far as they should. Now, this last one, I want you to turn to Proverbs 30 and, and verse 9, because this is a little bit of a strange verse. And, and uh, this is part of a longer uh a uh, series of verses that are connected, and we will probably cover these completely here. But I want you just to see the lack of reasoning in this man. He said, uh, I, the further prayer is, I want to be fed with food convenient with me, lest I be poor, he says, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Now, I know a lot of poor people. And just because you're poor doesn't mean you have to steal. And it doesn't in even if you're reduced to a point to where you cannot have food to eat, why do you have to curse God? Again, this shows just a lack of common reasoning capabilities. And that is one of the key components to this thing of being poor. Now, you say, Pastor, you're being mean to poor people. No, I'm not. I'm telling you what the Bible says, number one. And number two, if any man lack wisdom, what should he do? Ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. I'm not here to tell you that uh, just because you're poor means you lack these things. This is what the Bible says. And again, there's more than one kind of poor. But the simple truth of the matter is, you can go to God and get this part fixed if you want to. But the reason the poor man is poor is because he won't hear rebuke. He won't go. You can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. And that's why they are poor. Probably the greatest example I can give you in modern history. How many of you remember this was back about two or three years ago? Uh, Israel is a goodwill jester. Took an entire citrus grove and processing plant. And they turned it over to the Palestinians because they were complaining there were no jobs in Gaza. There were no jobs in in the occupied territories, as they call them, they're not occupied territories. They belong to Israel. But uh, there are no jobs there. And they said, we can't do anything. How do you expect us to uh, better ourselves? And so Israel said, here's an entire citrus grove. You can grow the fruit. Here is the plant, the factory, to process this and turn the citrus produce into concentrate. And of course, Israel is one of the world's leading exporters of citrus concentrate. It's an incredible uh, business that they have going there. Turnkey operation. Everybody that's involved in this is going to make money. You know what the Palestinians did? They burned it to the ground. You see, you don't hear that in the news. 
But you want to know why some poor people are poor? Because, not because they necessarily want to be, because they refuse to hear rebuke. They refuse to be instructed. They, refuse, they want pleasure. They want the riches. They want somebody to give them everything. You ever met anybody that said, people should just give me stuff? Doesn't work now, does it? Now, it goes on here. The first part of this is somewhat negative. Look at Proverbs, back into Proverbs 13, verse 23. It says, much food is in the tillage of the poor, but that there, but there is that is destroyed for one of judgment. You see, it's not that they can't get it, but they don't have the ability to make it work. That's what want of judgment is. You know, you plant crops, you try to raise food, and it's an awful good thing that we live in a place where you don't have... Your subsistence, your existence is not prepared on the amount of subsistence you can raise. Uh, a few years ago, somebody said they did a TV show where they took these families and put them out in the wilderness and said, now you're going to have to chop enough food and kill enough meat and store up enough vegetables and raise a garden uh, to see if you can provide for yourself like the early settlers and the pioneers did. Well, I, I'm, again, I'm just speaking from what I heard. I think there were like three families, and the best family would have made it to Christmas. Every one of them would have starved before the crop would have come in the next spring. Because it takes a lot of work to raise enough potatoes to last till next fall. It takes a lot of corn how many of you like bread? How much raw wheat does it make take to make a five-pound sack of flour? I mean, you're talking about a big bag of wheat to make a little bag of flour. And then you've got to plant enough plants to grow all that wheat. And then you've got to harvest them and thresh them and then grind your flour and hopefully the weevils and the mice and everybody else doesn't get in and spoil what you've raised before you have a chance to eat it. But they've come up with things like crop rotation. Instead of just planting the whole field every year with the same thing, you plant parts of the field and you actually get more from planting parts of the field every year than you would from planting the whole field every year because even though you're going to get more the first year, you're going to have the law of diminishing returns. And so there's much food in the tillage of the poor, but they can't realize the harvest because they don't have judgment. Again, they don't have the ability to use what they have one that we quote often, the, the Proverbs 22, 7, the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. That's a scary thing now, isn't it? Now, I know some people preach it. Well, you should never have a loan. You should never borrow anything from anybody. 
that would really be nice if you're able to do that, but most of us don't live in that situation. But the whole idea is don't borrow more than you have the ability to pay back. Keep your accounts current. Otherwise, you're going to be the servant of many people. You're going to have to do what they say. And so be careful. You see, one of the reasons the poor are poor is not because there isn't things out there to change it, but they've sold themselves to servitude through borrowing more than they can pay back, and they won't receive instruction, and they don't have the judgment to use what they have. Now, this is just simply true. Poor people do not have the respect that they think they deserve. I mean, every human being is worth something, don't get me wrong, but here's what Solomon said, verse 14, chapter 14, verse 20, the poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich hath many friends. 19.4 says, Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. 19.7, All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from them? He pursueth them with words, yet they are, not, they are wanting or lacking to him. Proverbs 18.23 says, The poor useth entreaties. Means he has to ask real nice. But the rich man answereth roughly. Now, we're going to find out that being poor is not the worst thing that could happen to you. All right? And most of us here in the United States don't understand what poor is. We think poor is, uh, I can't afford that $5 cup of coffee on the way home tonight. I'll have to wait till tomorrow. That's not poor. Uh, the fact that you could afford a $5 cup of coffee means you're not poor, period. And uh, unless you're that guy that loves pleasure and spends everything he has on a few little things, in this, in, in, but the simple truth of the matter is being poor, there, there are some reasons connected to it, but it's, it's not an enviable position. But let's go back to Proverbs 13. It's not always bad or wrong to be poor. Verse 7 says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. You see... Jesus put it this way, what will man give in exchange for a soul? What is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? There's different ways of being poor, my friend. I would much rather be poor concerning this world's goods and rich concerning Jesus. That's what he said to his churches, and we, we've got so many verses tonight we can't chase all the neat little things and connections in Scripture, but read what Jesus said to his churches. He said, 
you've got a testimony that you're rich and you have nothing. He says to another one, you've got a testimony that you're poor, but I want you to know you've got great riches. And so when we choose to give up certain possessions, people may look at us as poor. But when we choose that to serve God, guess what? We're really laying up riches in heaven. Proverbs 28.11 says, The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searcheth him out. I'll tell you what, I, I don't know of any more conceited people than those running for elected office this term for New York City. I mean, you talk about the collection of losers that we have running. I mean, I can't even tell you what these people do. I wouldn't sully this pulpit by even listing their sins. And yet they're running because they're smarter than we are and they know how to rule over us. Does that make sense to anybody? You see, I'd rather be the poor man that searches things out than the rich man in his own conceit that thinks he ought to be comptroller and uh, the several that think they ought to be mayor. And I mean, how do you describe these people? I mean, crazy is not a good word. It, it, it's just not descriptive enough. I mean, this is beyond insanity. You know what? I'd rather be the poor man that stands here and says, look at all this insanity than the rich man that's living it. How about you? Amen? So, I mean, being poor isn't always a bad thing, my friend. But there are reasons why some people are poor and why you don't have to stay that way, especially when we're talking about in the spiritual realm. Amen? There are worse things than being poor. Let me just go through these very quickly. The desire of a man is his kindness. Now, that's a wonderful statement. But it's just as condemning as it is a blessing. You know, there are some people that their desire is only meanness and hurtfulness toward other people. But you have to understand something. Even though they're hurting people and being cruel, that, that's their definition of the word kindness. You don't want to be around people like that when they're mean. Do you get it? The desire of a man's life... The desire of a man is his kindness. Then it goes on to say, and a poor man is better than a liar. You see, there are some people that even though they have whatever this world has to offer, they're worse than poor. And there are worse things than being poor. I'd rather be honest. The next one Proverbs 19.1 says, Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Proverbs 28.6, Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though 
he be rich. So being poor is not the worst thing that could happen to you, especially if you choose to rid yourself of some of this world's possessions so that you can be free to serve Christ. There are blessings to those that help the poor. And I'll tell you what, there's a difference between a hand up and a hand out, but we won't have time to go through all of that. But I mean, be a help. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. 1421. Proverbs 1917. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he, repay, will he pay him again. Verse, uh, Proverbs 22.9. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. You want to know what it is to be bountiful? It means you share what you have. It means you have enough that you can share what you have. I mean, sometimes uh, I have looked and I said, boy, I want to help this missions project. And so... We go to all the church accounts and look, and it's Mother Hubbard's cupboard. Uh, I mean, everything's been given away, and that's the way it ought to be, amen? But it's wonderful when you have something to share. And uh, probably, Lord willing, next Sunday, uh, we'll be having a share Sunday. I, I think we've got a little excess built up in our missions account right now, then we we need to get rid of it. And there's some people who need it. And so uh, that is a wonderful thing. What should we do? Keep giving to missions. Amen. Uh, we need to expand our, our missionary giving. Uh, let's go on. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. Proverbs 29, 14, the king that faithfully judgeth the poor, his throne shall be established forever. I mean, those are some promises. You want to do something good? Help. Don't help the poor be better poor people. That's not help. You want to help them past that poor thing. And let me tell you, in the United States of America, that is still possible in spite of all of the setbacks we've recently had politically and economically and things. I'll tell you, there's still opportunity if you'll pay attention, if you'll be willing to help other people. And God said, if you'll give to the poor, you're lending to the Lord. Now, if there's anybody I could lend to, I'd want to lend to him. Amen? Because his interest is incredible. Uh, you can't outgive the Lord. And so let's pray about these things. Uh, several verses here we'll read very quickly. There's a curse upon those that oppress the poor. Proverbs 13, 40, 14, 31, excuse me. He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker. Do you get that? You want to spit in God's face? Oppress the poor people. Try to steal from them. I'll tell you what, 
lotteries are going to have an awful lot to answer for to God and the states that vote them in. You want to know why New York State is in such a bad shape? Look at what they do with the lottery. They're stealing from the poor. They run these ads. You never know. It could be you. No, it won't be you. And if it were you, it'd be the worst thing that ever happened to you. That's oppressing the poor. Locking the poor into a situation where they can't get out. That happens a lot of times. In fact, how many could give stories? I make too much to be poor, and I don't make enough to pay my bills. That's an awful place to be. But that's the place more and more Americans find themselves. Why? Because of the oppression of the poor? God will judge. It says here, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. Proverbs 17, 5, Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his creator, and he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. You know, there are people out there that rejoice in other people getting it. That's what this whole uh, Occupy Wall Street was. We're going to get what they have. You know what would happen to you if you got everything they'd have? We'd all be poor. That's exactly what would happen. If you took the total wealth of every individual in the United States that had a net worth of overall, let's say, $100 million dollars, If you took all of that, you couldn't run the government a week on it. I mean, if you just confiscated every bit of property, liquidated it, the government wouldn't run a week. Where are they getting all this money? From the poor? Now, I know that 50% of Americans do not pay income taxes. But the Social Security and Medicare taxes of that 50% far outweighs the income tax of the others. It's absolute insanity. And if you want to pray about something, you better start praying about this. Because... The Bible says that you're not going to be unpunished. And if you're one of those people that buy into the rich getting theirs, the Bible says you're going to be punished. It's really you who will suffer the most. It's it's us working people who suffer the most when they punish the rich because they close the factories and the good jobs leave. And then what do we have? I'm sorry, does that make sense to anybody? You don't get that in the news. You're not going to get that if you read the books because they have another agenda and that is to supplant God and put themselves in charge. And of course, the Bible calls that person a fool. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he shall cry himself but shall not be heard. 22.16, he that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. 
That's one of the reasons I don't donate to political campaigns. Is why should I give to the rich who are going to oppress the poor? I'm not helping myself or the situation. Rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. 22.22 and 28.8, He that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance, he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. You going to get rich by cheating and taking from other people? God's keeping track. He's going to take it off you and give it to somebody else that's going to pity the poor. You wonder why some of these really rich guys are such big philanthropists? Uh, maybe God's just obeying his word, amen? He's given the money to those that will pity the poor and will give some of that money out. That's what a philanthropist is. And they're not all bad people. But there are some other things to understand as we try to close this out tonight. Proverbs 22.2 says, The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. 29.13, The poor and the deceitful man meet together. The Lord lighteneth both their eyes. Now, at first stop, these may be strange verses. It says, the, the poor and the rich, the rich and the poor, they meet together. The Lord's made them all. Do you know the Lord gives different people different abilities? And if you waste your life wishing you were over here with this group, you know what you're doing? You're despising God. It's okay to be economically challenged, we might say. As long as you got there, because you want to have freedom to serve the Lord. Amen? I like the way Brother Clayton said it. If you ever get in business, uh, praise God I never have, but he said you got to keep it small enough to work for you so you don't end up working for it. I mean, there's an awful lot of entrepreneurs out there that are so busy to keep their business going that they have no time for anything else. It says God made the rich and the poor. It says the poor and the deceitful. This is not comparing the poor to the deceitful. It says that the poor man is better than the liar. The poor man is better than he that uh, deceiveth himself. But God giveth light so they can both see. You know what that simply means? Keep your focus on God. Just because you have light to see doesn't necessarily mean God's blessing you any better or any more than the deceitful man. Uh, there are some people say they, they want to judge everything in their life by circumstance. Going pretty good. I, I'm paying my bills. I must be in God's will. Oh, wait a minute. The poor and the deceitful meet together and the Lord lighteneth both their eyes. You better be careful about that kind of thinking. You don't judge yourself by circumstance. You judge yourself by the word of God. See, we go back to the first verse. The poor heareth not rebuke. There are bad poor people out there. There's a mentality that if you're poor, you're good, and if you're rich, you're evil. That's not true. 
uh, Proverbs 28.3, A poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain, which leaveth no food. When I read that verse, you know what I think about? I think about these local drug sellers and gang leaders on the streets. They're the poor oppressing the poor. And there's nothing left when they're done. In fact, they did a, uh, I read a story or something. This was back in the David Dinkins administration. But uh, there's an entire town in um, uh, Dominican Republic that has a graveyard of drug dealers from New York City. That's the poor oppressing the poor. And the poor are going to suffer the most. I know this isn't amazing to you, but the Bible says this. Proverbs twenty-eight fifteen: As a roaring lion and a raging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. Proverbs thirty fourteen. And if this doesn't describe Washington, D.C. for the last 30 years, I don't know what would. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, their jaw teeth as knives, to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. You know what scares me more than being poor? Those who want to eradicate poverty. There is more people suffering because those that want to get rid of poverty than any other reason I know about. Study American history. How many of you remember the Great Society programs of the 1960s? They have hurt and injured more families for more generations than any other set of legislation in American history. I don't think anybody argued that point with me, successfully anyway. And yet, what was the purpose of all that legislation? To eradicate the poor. This country is still suffering today because of the policies of Franklin Delano Roosevelt who said he was going to eradicate poverty in the 30s. And all he did was transfer wealth from the individual to the government. Your Social Security is a very scary thing because it makes people depend on the government. And yet, we have people on Social Security, they claim this, that they have to choose between eating dog food and buying medicines. I mean, that's what the Democrats say. That's a scary thing. And yet, these, these policies were developed to get rid of the poor. There's nothing that scares me more when the government says, we're going to get rid of the poor. Because that just tells me there's going to be a whole lot more of us classified as poor than ever before. It's a dangerous job. You see, let's just end with one good verse. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, 
We've talked about a lot of high things tonight. And some of you may be a little upset at me, but you go home and think about what I've said. And you'll find out that I'm telling you the truth. I'm not trying to be mean tonight. I'm trying to help you understand some things. Those people that say they're your friends, they're not your friends. They're going to hurt you. If your faith is in the government, you're in dear, you're in desperate trouble tonight, my friend. My faith needs to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're all poverty-stricken when it comes to spiritual things. And we can choose to listen to the rebuke of the Lord or refuse it and go on to destruction. We can choose to love the pleasures of this world for the time that we're here and spend all eternity poverty-stricken in hell. Or we can make ourselves poor for the sake of Jesus Christ and depend on Him and get to spend heaven, eternity in heaven with Him. Amen? One of the reasons poor people are poor is because they're just not full ability to reason. You've got to depend on somebody else. Guess what? When it comes to this Bible, you can't understand it. You'd better depend on the Holy Spirit to help you understand it or you're lost, my friend. Amen? All of these things are to teach us. There are a lot worse things than being poor. One's being a liar. The other's being a deceiver. Another's being deceived. There's a lot worse you can do than to be poor. And just understand, God made everybody. And just because you're not poor doesn't mean that you're having some great blessing in your life. You better get some scripture on it and follow him. Because I'll tell you, when Antichrist comes, who's going to suffer the most? It's going to be the poor. When Jesus comes and he judges his people, who's going to suffer the most? It's going to be poor. But Go to Revelation chapter 3. He says, I want you to buy of me white raiment so that you can be covered. I want you to get some eye salve so that you can see. I want you to buy gold that's been tried in the fire that's going to last. How do you buy those things? By asking to him who always hears the cry of the poor. Amen? And He'll give you those things so that when you stand before Him, you will not be poor. You'll be rich. Could you imagine being able to cast a golden crown at Jesus' feet? How many of you would take $5,000 in gold and throw it on the floor? Anybody? Well, that's what we're going to do with it in heaven. And I'll tell you what, it'll be worth a whole lot more than five grand. Not because it's not only because it's in heaven, I'm just talking about the weight of the gold. That sounds pretty rich to me. I'd like to be able to throw those things around. How about you? 
But it comes through serving Christ. So I just challenge you. Read what, listen to what the Bible says. And ask God to help you to follow. And all God's people said, Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. And Lord, I pray that my preaching wouldn't have gotten in the way of the understanding of your word. Lord, there's just so much that we need to know or we're going to be poor on judgment day. Lord, I pray that we would understand what it means to buy from you that which we need to have true riches. We just ask that you would do your work in our hearts and in our lives. And before we finish that prayer, just take a moment here and open the altar if you want to just slip out of your seat or pray right where you are. And we'll go ahead and have our teens dismissed at this time. Remember, teens, uh, we need those signed permission slips as soon as possible today, if at all possible, so that we can have all the paperwork in line for camp next week. Go ye, kids. You can go back with Mrs. Montoro there in the chapel. And all God's people said, amen. Um, if you need a prayer list, wave your hand. We'll have Brother Alvin get you one. And uh, this is the fourth uh, Sunday of the month. And so we pray for our political leaders and uh, pray, for the, pray for the elections the primary is coming up September 10th, I believe it is. And uh, so just pray for all of these things. Um, it's just, a, again, a scary...